Welcome to Money Conversations with KJ. KJ is a lifelong entrepreneur who's made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, and found his way back again. If you're looking for a sterile how-to, you're in the wrong place. KJ and his guests will walk you through real-life situations told by the people who live them, and they are as messy as they are inspiring. Each episode will offer lessons learned, advice on how to replicate successes and avoid pitfalls, and a new perspective to power your financial literacy. Far from a one-size-fits-all, this podcast can help you build a roadmap to your personal promised land. Milk and honey for some, whiskey and steak for others, and remind you that you're not alone on this journey welcome back everybody welcome back to the show money conversations with kj i'm kj your host today i have a really i've been really looking forward to having the conversation with this gentleman here we were just talking about we've known each other ooh, coming up on 10 years and i know for both of us it's it definitely doesn't seem like that but uh mr andre popa welcome to the show oh i think i got a little audio it's it's just an honor to be here. It's been, I think, 10, 11, 12 years. But as soon as I saw your face, I'm like, this guy didn't age. What like what, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what? I, I'm lucky that way. It's in the genes, I say. It's in the genes. It's in the Good genes. For Good for you, brother. But thank you for having me on. It's uh, really an honor. Well, great. So the, I'm going to give you a little feedback on Andre, and he'll fill in the, the, the rest of it on what he's doing. He has a, a company called the Badassery Factory, which is a pretty cool name, obviously. And I'm going to let him uh, share what he exactly does. And then we're going to dig in to see what is Andre's journey with money. I know we're going to learn some really cool things with you here and give some great value to the people out there listening. So go ahead and tell the audience what exactly it is that you're doing. Well, being that I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I've, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. So I've always been selling something. I've been creating, I've been building, I've been, you know, doing it all. So currently, uh, Badass Refactory is a self-development platform and it came out of pain that I went through 18 years ago. I got into anxiety and panic and depression. I became suicidal. So in those dark moments, once I understood how to fix anxiety, what it really is and and how to get to the core of it and what panic is and why a human being becomes suicidal. When I understood that it's really not that big of a deal, even though it's dark and ugly and not fun. But once I understood what it's really about, I thought, man, this, this, it's really ugly going through it. But if I can teach other people and help other people get through their fears and their pains and come out of this hellhole faster more efficient, uh, then I'm going to do it. And so badass refactory was birthed back when I'm, <laughs> you know, I want to put a gun to my head and I said, when I come out of this, I'm going to help other people. So it's simply a self-development platform where we offer courses. We, uh, we offer trainings, we offer boot camps, events. Uh, we, I'm a public speaker now. So we, it's literally, the the factory, the concept of the factory is that we can take any human being, put them through the factory and they come out a badass that's that's pretty unbelievable because i think there's a lot of people out there obviously having these kind of issues right in the environment that we all live in today um and a lot of these issues tell me if i'm right or wrong probably are stemming from some level of their finances absolutely right and that's why i'd like to talk about money because and we're going to get into your story i find you know 
people a lot of times um, don't like to talk about money, whether you have it or don't have it. You have your reasons why we don't talk about it, which is there's nothing wrong with talking about it. So let's dig in with with your story and go back as far as we can. You were mentioning how in a lot of people, I'm the same way, right? We, we It seems like we just had a, a instinctive gene to be entrepreneurs, right? Like we knew we didn't want to work for people, but let's go back further as a child. When you remember what money was about, what money was for and what your intentions were going to be with money. Yeah, that's a great question. So you're like, you want me to go back money? When I was five years old, money was just a way to get me more candy. And I don't think it's changed. It's the candy that changed, but it's the same freaking thing, right? Because we want more of something today. So money simply buys options. That's really all it is. You could have, you know, gazillions in the bank. Is it changing your life? Nope. It's in the bank. So, I mean, I'm literally going back to the age of five. This is back in Romania. I was born in communist Romania. And on the way to school, I would buy these candies that were in a pack and I would at school break them up and sell them individually and I would make a profit and then I would go with the profit by my candy so I can eat it and I would you know reinvest for the next day and, and nobody taught me this again I'm five years old my father's an electrician my mom uh, the same and we don't come from that the world of entrepreneurship at least nobody taught us so that was the beginning came to United States of America Southern California specifically at the age of nine and Uh, This is where I continued exactly on that journey. Anything I could get my hands on, I would buy, sell, grow avocados, go sell them at the supermarket. Our dogs would have puppies. We're selling them for five bucks. I mean, it didn't matter. And it wasn't a thing of like, oh, I got to have money. It was just opportunity. I just knew early on somehow that that extra buck could get me a burger at that time at McDonald's. I don't touch that shit anymore. But at that time, it was like a buck, happy meal. I wanted to be happy. So uh, so it started early on. I, I, I've always had a work ethic and I believe what you just said was, was powerful that there's a gene, there's a, there's a, there's a part of a DNA thread that makes you want more from life. Because for example, you take you and I putting us in a job environment, it, it's just, we would, we would not do it. We can't, right. We're not built for that. Just like a Ferrari is not built to go four by fouring or a four truck is not going to race on <clears throat> the Nuremberg. Uh, so, so once I understood who I am and that I love this, this, the game, cause it became a game, right? And I love your intro. It says, you know, made a lot of money, lost a lot of money. And that's, that's me. That's the life, but that's the life of an entrepreneur, right? I mean, I don't think you could probably talk to any entrepreneur and they're not going to tell you, yeah, I've made and lost money both. I, I haven't met one yet. I haven't met one that's like only 100% success rate. Exactly. Right? I just haven't. And I've met billionaires and I've met millionaires and hundred heirs, whatever those are. Uh, so the story is the same, right? It's a, the school that there's no school in the world where you can go learn to, to get your ass kicked. Right. I mean, this is it. School of hard knocks, right? Well, I mean, again, I've had a lot of conversations with people and let's talk about, you know, for you, you're remembering back as far as five And a lot of folks, that's about the age, you know, we're all going to remember too. And you had mentioned um, like your parents didn't teach you. I mean, I'm finding that a lot of folks out there, 
even at these younger ages. And this is why I think we need to teach kids at five and six and seven about money. Right. But my point is that um, we're maybe if mom and dad didn't teach us, we're seeing other people. Right. Because that's how I know that's how you and I learn today. Right. We always want to replicate successes. And so we're always watching and monitoring different people. Do you believe at that age? Can you remember? Was there like somebody else who did that? Because it's weird how we can do that at five or seven years old, want to buy something for a dollar, split it up to make two dollars kind of a thing. Can you remember that at all? No, I'm just I mean, going back to communism, we were behind the Iron Curtain. So there was there, 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 I mean, it was like against the law almost, right, to do what I was doing. So, no, I, I, I don't remember watching or somebody teaching me or somebody pushing me or somebody, you know, go get that avocado and you can sell it for a buck or 50 cents. I really don't remember any of that. The only and that's why going back to the, the DNA strand, <clears throat> it's either in you because I had all these other friends that were just playing baseball, watching TV, playing Atari at the time. And I'm like, if you you know, I'm getting that happy meal. Right. And I need, I knew that I had to work for it because my parents didn't have it. We're immigrants and there's no money, no, no food on the table yet. So, so no, I, I didn't learn from anybody. I just hit the streets. It was just something, something instinctual. Uh, but then it's something that obviously further in life when I have now two daughters are 18, 19, but as we brought them up, <clears throat> I instilled in them everything that I, had learned everything I knew now, but still made them work for it. I never made it easy for them because I didn't want to take the edge that I had. I never want to take the edge off for them. So I taught them, Hey, here's the world. Here's what you want to fight for. And then I would make it hard for them to this day. So let's move forward in there. You'd start at that five and you're, you know, you're having that entrepreneur spirit that already hit you really early. At what point in time and age do you think, um, let's say that you, the, the dollar started adding up. You weren't just going one to five dollars. You started doing a hundred, two hundred dollars at whatever age. What type of lessons were you learning about money as this thing kind of grew? You know, right? Your mindset with money and wanting to grow more. What what kind of things went through your mind? What did you learn? Or, or, or even I talked to a lot of folks who who had got mentors in the early teenage years. Or some people don't get mentors till they're whatever age. And I think you could be any age and have a mentor. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't know if I ever got a financial mentor and I regret it. So if there was one thing that I would look back on my life and say, man, I've, you know, I don't know if you can, if you cuss here, but I effed up, uh, that that's, that's the big one. I didn't get financially educated. Nobody taught me money. Nobody taught me that what you're supposed to do with it. I just thought I was going to make it forever. It's right. always going to come in. And cause I've, I, I always had a work ethic. I, I would always find opportunities or opportunities would find me. So it was always easy to make money to this day. It's just easy to make money. But if I knew how to manage the money and invest it properly and not waste it on freaking Lambos and freaking, yep. uh, I would be in a totally different position today uh, on, on many levels. And because you said, hey, can financial illiteracy bring anxiety, stress, et cetera? And, and the answer is yes. And I believe it had to do with my anxiety and all the shit that I went through my financial world had a lot to do with it because I was, my business was booming at the time. Nobody taught me what to do with it. Nobody told me that there's going to be stress that comes with money. When you're making this much money, there's a new level. You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. 
great, great question. I, th- I think, and again, we both know a lot of different entrepreneurs, business owners, and it's a very paralleled story, right? Um, this is why my passion has been this, because I believe, and you just mentioned it, had we learned these things early, and I'm talking teenage years, right? And then you really go out in the world in your 20s and you're crushing it and you're really starting to make some real money that you would have treated that money differently, Right. You would have known that like nothing makes more money than money, period. Right. But back then and these people that are and if you're out there listening and you're in your 20s, listen, you want to live the high life and you want to have the cars and the vacations and all that stuff. And that's fine. But you need to put a percentage of that money to work. And there's a lot of vehicles and I teach all that in my program. But um, for you, what how old were you when you kind of realized that? Because you just mentioned it. But how old were you when you kind of figured that out? Like, holy crap, I've been handling money incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great, great, great stuff because I, anybody listening to this, this is the gold. Uh, it's waking up, waking up to that reality. And I don't think, you know, was there a moment? Yeah, maybe the recession, you know, 2010, 20-ish right there, just when like everything fell, everything crashed. We're living in a $3 million house on the beach, Mercedes, Range Rover outside. I mean, life was great. And then all of a sudden, cliff dive, right? <clears throat> and the the problem was, I, at first I was angry. Like, you sons of, you know, the right. Bank of America, F you all. But then I had to realize that it wasn't their fault. Yeah, can we say there was market manipulation and get into that kind of stuff? Great. But at the end of the day, with all that, if I was set up properly, would it have mattered? I would have been affected. But would I have lost everything? And the answer was no. Exactly. And that was my big wake up call. It's like I had to take responsibility for my actions, my shit, my lack of whatever. And I paid the price. I love again. I think that's a very parallel story of people that are our age um, that went through that time. Um, I know I have listeners all over the world at this point. And of all ages. And so for some of you guys who were too young to understand what happened, 07 through 010, 11 kind of thing. Um, and before that is when we, it was a really booming economy and we all made a ton of money yeah. and then we all lost a lot of money. And and that's one of the inspirations of me building the program that I, that I have is so you don't go through that. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm sure you handle your finances different today because we all learn as we should anyway, learn from our failures slash um, mistakes in life. Right. Because I share with my kids, whatever happens, as long as you learn from it, it wasn't a total failure. Right. Right. And so you learn, you learn back then you look back and reflect. And like you said, I did the same thing. You know, I was in the middle of a big spec house, $3 million and lost multiple six figures. And, you know, you look back and we can, I, I, for a long time, I said, listen, I was a victim of circumstance. My loss wasn't due to what I did. Right. I was a, a victim of circumstance with millions of other people because if the economy was booming and I would have lost, that would have been all on me. But so I didn't really beat myself up about that, even though it really sucked. Right. Um, let me ask you, cause I, you, you mentioned you have two girls. They're uh, young ladies now. What, what age did you start talking to them about money? Uh, age zero. Before they came out. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm literally in embryo and in, in, in Tammy's belly. We would have conversations, stories. Like we would have conversations around, like Tammy and I would talk specifically about money, life, lessons, anything that we wanted to put into their DNA. We started before they came out. Wow. So what... 
Okay, then they're babies and they start and they start walking and talking and stuff. What type of sit down conversations? Because I find through many, many conversations, I would say 90 percent of people's parents never actually sat down and talked money with them. Which is a huge, obviously, problem. You know it. I right. know it. You know, like if my parents were financially literate and they would have sat down with us and, and you know, just gave me one nugget. You know, anything like a, a smidget, like fuck anything, give me right. It would have changed the, 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 the course altogether. So early on, uh, there was a, there were, you know, there, we had some friends that created a financial game. Like you have, uh, you know, the board games, they yep. created a little financial game for, for kids, but like kids, like two, three, four on. And so I remember getting that. I remember playing that with them and why you, uh, got to do this and why you move money there and why you want to buy that piece of real estate and why this is called an asset. And this is called a liability and you want a lot of assets and zero liabilities or, you know, right. so the, the conversations and the games and monopoly and what's the other name? Um, think nothing. There's the well, Robert Kiyosaki has one called the cash flow quadrant. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So then they made one for kids. And so we just always, there was just always, and it wasn't a financial conversation around, Oh, you got to have material things. It was about uh, honoring money and respecting money because when you don't have it, you have a problem. So learning to respect it, honor it when you do have it and make it grow. And like you said, nothing makes more money than money. Uh, it, it was just a blanket energy in our home. And, but even with that, we, we did the best we could, but 2010 still came around and still kicked, kicked our ass. And yeah. then that was the next level of education, right? Because then we, we pick our, I mean, I went through six, eight months of, Oh, pity party, poor me. But then I got up and went back to work and, you know, did what I had to do as a man. Well, that's what we do. You know, we're entrepreneurs and, and we love the challenges. We love, we love, you know, people ask me, you're going to retire. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's not about retirement, right? It's about reaching financial independence. And then after that financial freedom. And again, I describe the same way. Money is nothing but gives you, you know, choices in life. So how many choices do you want? Right. And we're all different. There's no right or wrong answer here for people that are out there. Not everybody strives to be a millionaire because there's a lot of responsibility. The more money you have, there's a lot more responsibility. Absolutely. And, and some people just don't want that responsibility. And that's cool. You're you're cool to live in, you know, whatever, you know, arena you want to live in and just live the simple life. There's definitely nothing wrong with that. Um, as, as you're teaching your kids about money and you're growing up with money, at what point in your life did you say because you were making money and you had plenty of money to support the lifestyle you were living that you're like, you know what? I got to invest. What am I going to invest in? What, so what did you at what age do you think investment in your mindset said, I got to put money to work and what'd you do about it? Uh, so I'll tell you this, uh, through high school, and I'm, I'm, it's going to be a longer answer than you want, but I have to preface it and why things happened the way they did. Go ahead. I'm in high school. Uh, I'm about to go into my junior year. So 11th grade. And I really wanted to go into, uh, auto mechanics because that's what my older brother did. So I thought if he did it, I got to do it too. Right. They couldn't fit me in. They're like, no, nope, there's only one opening and it's going to be in theater. So I'm like, uh, F theater, you know, tantrum for a couple of weeks. It turns out that I happened to have a gift at acting. I win a bunch of awards the next two years in high school. I get recruited by the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I go there for a couple of, uh, two or three years. Um, and during in, in this process, I did some theater in LA and I got uh, some TV commercials and I made some money. Well, this money went faster than it came in. And I woke up from 
you know, like somebody after the fact, like, oh, what'd you do in Hollywood? And I said, well, I did this commercial in Federal Express and this and that. I made 20 grand here and 18 grand there. And like, where's the money? I'm like, hmm, it's gone. Right. I literally wasted every freaking penny that I made. So fast forward now, by the time I'm 25, uh, so, be, you know, between college and I eventually got out of acting, I, I was very homophobic and there was a lot of, uh, that agenda there and it it got it just got me out basically at the time i just i wasn't i don't know didn't like it anyway so got got me out of the game business kept going and i remember specifically um i'm 24 almost 25 and there's a restaurant that's a, a romanian restaurant in hollywood california that i hear that we've gone to for years but i hear it's for sale so I'm like, holy shnikes, if I could own this restaurant, it was just, right, right. Glamour, right. It was glitz. I have no idea. I don't have to have like, you know, any kind of money laying around at this time. Right. I'm 24, 25. So I go meet with the, the owner and I said, Hey, you know what I hear you're selling, what's going on? What do you want? How much? So, you know, two, three months later, we strike a deal wow. gave him some money down payments, blah, blah, blah. I now own a huge restaurant, full bar, full band, 24, I'm 25 by now in Hollywood, California. That's the entrepreneur that is going to do something regardless if he knows how to or not. And I back up if I would have been educated, what, what I could have done with this money, what I could have done with that opportunity. Fast forward 18 months later, the only way I could show up to the restaurant because of late nights, full bar, very European, very ethnic environment. So we're drinking. So for me now to, <clears throat> as the owner, what do I have to do? Go drink with them at the table, have a glass of wine, have a whiskey with us. So the alcohol became part of the game. I, I could only, I could only show up to the restaurant if I was drinking. Mm. So I'm like, this is a problem. I tried to sell it a couple of times. Uh, it didn't happen. So I literally one night, and this is, I mean, talk about school of hard knocks and uh, you know, the university of life. I literally, one night I was so done with it all because again, couldn't sell it, whatever it was drinking. I wasn't happy. Uh, I locked the doors and I threw the keys in these bushes where there's no way you're going back in to get them. And that was it. I literally never went back after that moment. I figured, you know, the landlord, we negotiated the, the, the rest of the lease. He kept all the kitchen stuff, the furniture, blah, blah, blah. So that's another lesson. I don't even know what the original question. Well, it's so the my well, I love the the takeaway I want to take from that story, which is a great takeaway, especially you guys out there listening that have jobs and you're not making enough money. There's a lot of people in this country that make just enough money to pay their bills, and it's going to be very difficult to get ahead. As an entrepreneur, you did what Grant Cardone says. He says, "Hey, say yes and figure it out." And that's what you did. You went there. You, you didn't have any money, but you talked to the owner. Right. And that takes courage in itself for most people. And you negotiated the, the deal that you did. Right. And you figured it out and you made money. But the, it wasn't about the money at that point. It sounds like it was like it was changing you personally in a lifestyle that you didn't want to live. And um, you chose to walk out. Uh, but for you guys that are out there listening, yes, the opportunity. I talk about opportunity a lot because I believe opportunity is around us all the time. It's just recognizing it. Right. And you could probably attest to this one because listen, it knocks and, and people, you got to answer the door. You got to answer the door when opportunity knocks. But I really truly believe for most people, I bet opportunity can knock twice a week, at least a different opportunity that like you can go in a, in a direction of some sorts. Yeah. Um, 
So that takeaway from you, you made that money, but the lifestyle was, you know, physically not doing it for you. No. So basically it took you back to square one financially. Oh, beyond square one. I mean, I, I below where I started just because, you know, now you, you rack up some debt. You, you know, again, I didn't know what the frick I was doing. I'm 24, 25. Meanwhile, funny enough, right before I bought the restaurant, I bought my first piece of real estate. So I'm 24, 25. I buy a house in beautiful Pico Rivera, California, because that's where I went to high school. Uh, and so I'm, you know, house, restaurant, uh, don't know what the heck I'm doing, but did I learn a lot and did i learn in the moment i can't say in the moment like oh man here are the lessons they're amazing oh thank you god for the no it took it takes time you know it's like you have to go through stuff and things have to settle and you got to you know digest and remember things of and maybe they need to happen again for you to get it like hey i remember when you know like at the restaurant uh i did a party one night for a russian family and they paid me five thousand dollars cash because that was the deal we made so i stick it in my briefcase and again another story but uh i stick the five g's in my briefcase and at the end of the night it's now three four a.m we're done with the party and i see my money's gone and now go find the money and that's just a beautiful story in itself but the journey the lessons like there's no school you can't go get a phd and get in your ass kicked well let me ask you because there's a lot of folks out there and again let's i don't i definitely don't want people to be uh, i want i want to encourage you to do what andre has done the difference i would say looking back now would you say man a, a mentor would have really helped me oh again if i have any regret it's this one getting educated in business in money management in understanding what profit yeah i get the concept of profit but really understanding how to how to focus on it and how to fight for it and how to uh invest and create assets and you know the short-term plays the long-term plays and just really learning diversifying because you know technically when the you know back in 2010 when everything took a dump i had a lot of friends like making a ton of money i'm like what is the difference they knew what they were doing right i didn't well again and i always say listen in every downturn money again it's another grand cardone lesson listen money doesn't disappear it just changes hands so if you lost, somebody else won. Oh, yeah. You know, it doesn't, it is not poof, it's gone. Nope. It just changes hands. And generally speaking, it's going to change hands to the person who's educated. That's right. Right. And so that the person I know is how to bring it home. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I want to get, I want to dive a little more into investing and, and your mindset. So you had bought a, a house in your 20s, early 20s. The restaurant was, you know, a fairly short term gig, couple of years. Um, after you lost that, did that, did that scare you to keep investing or did that motivate you to invest? Uh, funny enough, neither one. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a negative or a positive. Yeah. Was I happy that it happened? No, obviously I wasn't happy, but did I leave there with all I'm a you know, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. I'm like, I'll never invest again. I'm not made for business. Absolutely not. Did it say now I'm going to, you know, go do more because of that? I don't know if that was the case, but what I did know is this, and it was a clear conscious thought and a feeling at the time where, uh, I believe in God. So I just knew that, Hey, I'm being trained for something. So that's something I always knew. I'm being trained for something bigger, better, uh, whether it's for me or to help people one day. I just so cool. Thank you for the lesson. What's next? That's a great perspective. And wow, I, I don't know that I've heard that one. That's a really great perspective mindset to have because th th that tells me you're always moving forward. 
you're never, you're never stagnant. You're right. You're like, whatever happened and negative in your life, you're like, Hey, uh, that happened yesterday. So that's history. I'm only looking forward. I'm only moving forward. I'm not going to sit here and wallow in whatever, you know, disappointment might've happened in your life. And that's a great lesson for guys that you're out there hearing this stuff is yes, I'm the same way. Uh, my dad had a saying, don't cry over spilled milk. It's spilled. Yeah. Move on. You know, yep. let's just keep moving forward and keep going. And, and I don't treat work as work, work is life. Let's just go out there every day and do the best we can. And, um, the chips are going to fall. They're going to fall. It's just what you're going to do with those chips. Right. Um, so how, what are you doing in today's world as far as investing your money? Well, real estate, it's always going to be real estate. That will always be a part of our world. Um, I love it. I'm good at it from specking to different types of builds, real estate. So anybody out there, because I know you're talking to a specific audience, uh, for me, real estate is, has been a big game. Uh, I've, I've been a contractor for many years. I've built for billionaires. I've built for millionaires. I've done, I've built for celebrities, Lakers. I mean, you name it. So I, I've, I've been on both sides where I built for me, I built for them, flip, sell, etc. And I, I just love real estate uh, on, on so many levels. Uh, crypto has been a, obviously a, a more recent thing. Uh, and I, I like crypto. I'm not, a, I'm not the personality that's going to sit there and, and follow the, Oh my God, it's up today. It's down tomorrow. It's, it's not me. I, I have a couple of things that I hold and that's it. Uh, then, you know, obviously precious metals. So those are on the safe side. Uh, but real estate is, is my, uh, is still my love, uh, on so many levels. Did you do any type of traditional savings like IRAs, Roths, mutual funds, index funds? No, that's all. That's all. And, and I teach that for the folks again, not a lot of people are, have the mindset you and I have about making money and what we do. And so I teach the safe way is to at least get involved in the vehicles that the wealthy park their money in. And that's where they park their money. And that's why those things grow so well. Um, it's a, it's passive investing, not active investing. So I like to play both sides of the fence. I definitely do passive and active. Um, you know, I'm real estate also all the way, you know, I, I see, we both know that in this planet, um, the millionaires and billionaires that are out there, they're making money one of one of two ways or both, which is real estate or the market. And so most people are in both arenas and you're just either heavy in one or the other, depending on your passions. Yeah. Passions. And I believe personality. And I think for me, understanding that I'm not the type of personality to play the stock market uh, or to sit there and watch all the crypto boards. I just I learned that a long time ago. I've wasted money on on the stock market uh, many, many moons ago. And I just I, I just knew it wasn't my thing, but you know, let buy a piece of land and, and develop it. I got that. Right. Talk to me about, um, listen, I know we're based, we're both basically the same age. What, does the word retirement even come into your head? I, I was going to cuss. F no. <laughs> <laughs> what, so for the people out there who strive to be retired and want retirement, I mean, what, what do you understand that to mean? And how old were you when you decided I'm not the one that's looking to, you know, build one nest egg for, you know, whatever age. That the, the one nest egg f for whatever age is not a thing of mine. I don't even know what that means. I've never had that. I've just, I'm just an entrepreneur. It's there's a DNA strand of the spirit a mindset, uh, the concept of retirement. You know, I get it. You know, there, there, there's the concept of, you know, the, the salary is only paid. So you're because your dreams are stolen. 
Mm. You know, so somebody's, you know, you're trading your dreams for that paycheck. So, and that's the only time you can, you can look forward to a retirement. Like I was talking to my 18 year old daughter, I'm teaching her some stuff about construction now and how to project manage, et cetera. And, you know, we're talking about the weekend Are you know, are these guys going to show up on Saturday? And I said, well, that's a great, great point. I know you will, you do, but these guys, they work Monday to Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, they go drink and they'll be back early Monday morning, but they got to have their weekend because TGIF. So there's a mindset. And is it just, it's very prominent in America. It really is. I, you know, I travel quite a bit, so I see some of it elsewhere. But in America, it's really, really heavy as far as, oh, you know, I'm going to retire and then I'm going to go enjoy life. Then I'm going to go travel. Then I'm going to get the RV. And I'm like, you just wasted your life. But it's choice. Nobody's forcing anybody to do anything. And that's the mother. Not in this country. At least, yeah, for now. For now, right? Yeah, for now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I teach that people shouldn't strive for retirement. They should strive to be financially independent. Yep. And again, that's a number. Um, and all of our numbers are different. And striving for that because I think the, the country has programmed people to believe retirement's an age. And retirement's not an age. No. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so we shouldn't wait. I think some people just like, I got to put my 20 or 30 years in wherever and, and then I'll be retired. I'm like, right. why do you want to give somebody 30 years of your life for a chunk of money that, yeah, okay, maybe pay your bills or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and I think it's all about safety, feeling safe. You and I are risk takers. We don't mind ta- taking risk. You and I are as an, on a daily basis. It's part of who we are and we don't. I don't know. I don't really don't look at, at risk like it is risk. Like, oh, crap, if this doesn't work out, right? right. I'm, I'm in trouble because both of our mindsets are the same. We make money. We know how to make money. We're always going to make money. That's right. Versus the mindset of people that are programmed to believe, go to school, get good grades, go to college, go get your nine to five job, yep. get the golden parachute at the end if there's one there kind of thing, right? But listen, that is most of America. Well, it's a system. That's the design. It's it's not designed to give people freedom, right? You're you're taught, like you just said, go get a college degree, which means you got to get a loan. Then you go work for 40 years to pay off the loan with a bunch of interest for someone. Right. And then, you know, theoretically, you get the parachute or you just die. But that's the system. The system is designed for people to fail. It's not designed for people to be fruitful and to be abundant and to be uh, enjoying this life. There's it's a system that's built to create pain. If you really, really study it, it's designed to keep people in debt, to keep people in liabilities and not assets. So looking at it from 50,000 feet up, uh, you know, America's very problematic when it comes to its educational system across the board, across the board, because you got people you know, uh, doctors, they're, they're brain surgeons. They don't teach them financial literacy. They don't know what to invest in. So now they got to go trust somebody else that theoretically went to school to become a financial advisor. And I'm not talking smack about those people. As long as the doctor's getting educated somehow in the process, like you, I respect what you're doing. You're teaching. You're offering a solution to people's long-term, not just, hey, give me your money and I'll invest it for you and I'll keep a chunk as an advisor typically does. So my point is there is no financial literacy uh, that's available to all 
Yes, you can go get it, but it should be automatic because money, health, for example, uh, are things that we do every single day. We need money. We need our health, right? We need relationships. How come they don't teach us how to how to get along with with our wives and our kids? Right. In in, in I got a PhD in macrobiotics. Who gives a shit? I'm fighting with my wife every day, but I have a PhD. What's the point? So the system is not designed for us to be happy, fruitful, abundant. Well, let's let's see if we can't try to give a lesson to the folks that are out there listening. Let's go for the middle of the road demographic. You know, I've been talking lately about side hustles. Again, we know before COVID, you know, we we had a pretty decent economy going. COVID hit, and obviously, we know that the story to that. And but there's still a lot of folks out there that really struggle making money, but they're very responsible and they keep their jobs. Um, and, and a lot of them are doing side hustles. Now I, I did an, a video about side hustles a couple of months ago and 40 different side hustles in the year 2021. And I look back at the list and 30 out of 40 had to do with technology, which you and I didn't have the opportunity in our twenties to leverage technology. Right. I mean, there are kids on YouTube making millions of dollars cause they're on YouTube. Like you and I didn't have that in our twenties. Right. Um, our side hustles were physical work doing something or, you know, physically. Um, so I know there's a lot of people out there and, and, and I, and I know now that a lot of folks can start a side hustle and then get, grow a passion for it and end up leaving their jobs and say, Hey, I'm going to do way better here. Absolutely. Right. And grow those things. What lessons can we teach? And again, I'm almost 60. So when I call somebody who's 40 a kid, you know, they're a kid because I got kids almost that age. But um, what can we teach the kids or maybe even if you're in your 50s and you're kind of waking up about the money and you're starting a side hustle? What kind of advice can we give them as a young entrepreneur, whether you're 20, 30 or 50? It doesn't matter. What kind of advice? Um, So the first thing I would do is uh, tell people I tell my daughters the same thing screw up, screw up fast, go learn the lessons, go try things, invest, uh, attempt this business, launch this thing online, buy a pair of shoes, flip them, lose money at it, learn the freaking fight, learn the process. So what I see in the world today is the fight. We're lacking the fight. And you have, there, there are a lot of people that are grew up on social media. If they didn't get, you know, six likes, well, I'm not good enough. And it, it deflates them and they have now, uh, you know, depression, and anxiety. So how can I possibly get out of bed to go do a side hustle? Well, I'm not feeling good. You know, they don't like me. They're not going to buy for me. So there's a different epidemic in that morale today, but in so, but going back to the fight, it's the fight that you want something more out of this life. You just, when you know that you deserve the Lamborghini and I'm talking now very financial loop, you know, uh, tangible items, it could be freedom. It could be vacations. I don't care what it is you want the options, but when you are hundred percent decided that you deserve that first class vacation, that private jet, that Lamborghini, that big house, that type of wife, that type of spouse, that type of health, that type of six pack. So when you decide that the things that the money buy, the options that you deserve those, well, at that point, the question is, how bad do you want it? And when you say, or it could be like taking care of your parents, I'm not, I don't care what it is. There has to be something, there has to be something we fight for, right? So we don't just get up out of bed as, oh, I'm just going to make another, you know, 50 grand today just because, yeah, cool, cool, but but why? What are you going to do with it? What's the fight, right? So what I, what I don't see a lot in today's world is that fight in the young people, 
there's just a really laid back thing. So the ones that do have the fight are going to whoop the ass of the ones that are complacent. Things are easy. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, I got to get that education first. And then <clears throat> so there, the dialogue out there is not necessarily the what we had. Right. We had a fight in a different way. We didn't, we had, you know, fax machines. And today it's like, send a text. Oh, what? I can pay online through my phone tap. Whoa. So <clears throat> the side hustle concept, uh, get as many side hustles as you can, uh, screw up as many side hustles as you can. I tell people this and I, uh, when we first came to America, we literally had to pick food out of trash cans behind supermarkets. I mean, that was literally our beginning. My brother, Mike and I would go at the end of uh, the night, they closed down. It was called McCoy's at the time and they would shut down and they would throw away whatever was expired or rotten, moldy. We'd jump in and literally load boxes of food and it would be dinner that night, breakfast, lunch, et cetera, the next day. Opportunity, you know, what are you gonna fight for? So when you're at that place of, I don't have food. What are you going to do? Where's that fight? And it just taught me uh, early on in America, especially that there's opportunity everywhere. All you got to do is want. And today when I see people, I don't know what to do. You know, I got to make more money, but you know, I don't, you know, go collect aluminum cans, plastic bottles, glass bottles, and what a side hustle. I've done it as a kid. I would actually do this and I would make money. Got me the Happy Meal. So the fight for that Happy Meal, uh, to this day, it's just a different toy that I want. But the fight has not changed. Uh, So side hustle, side hustle, side hustle. Uh, Get as many as you want. Learn fast. Screw up fast. because, and, And with all of that, get a mentor, get educated. Whatever Kevin is selling or offering, I don't know what that is. Um... Learn from somebody that's done what you want to do and your path to success will be that much shorter with a lot less stress than him and I went through to get to where we are. Great, great answer. Um, Geez, you guys need to push rewind and hear that again. You really do. Um, We live in a I don't know. I'll call it a doggy dog world. Right. And you got to go get your own. You definitely have to go after it. you're not going to ever reach any kind of a decent pinnacle just waiting for a handout, right? A handout's going to maybe possibly keep food in your mouth very limitedly. Um, great advice as an entrepreneur to go out there and listen, don't be afraid to be an entrepreneur. Like you said, failure is a good thing. As long as you learn, do not fail and not learn. You must learn from any and all failures and failing. I think the stigma of failing, right. Was when we were kids, it was just a stigma, like you're a loser when you fail at something. And it shouldn't be as an adult. It's a whole different ballgame, guys. Absolutely. As an adult, just learn what you have to test and measure. You got to say, what did I do? What can I do different the next time? And it doesn't have to be a different side hustle. Like you learned a lesson in your side hustle that you lost money. What, what happened? And just reverse engineer and like, OK, don't go right, go left kind of a thing. You know, what's funny. I'll- <clears throat> excuse me. I want to piggyback on that because a lot of people get to that place and you know this because you and I have done business together, but you get to the place where, well, I already tried that business and it just didn't work out. So business is not for me. And as soon as people have the tiniest bit of, you know, frustration in business, like, Oh, I'm not made for that. I'll just go back to my comfort. J O B nine to five little hamster wheel. 
but right there is where your competition is kicking your ass. If you give up and I, you know, the concept of failing just because you lost money because that business didn't work or sorry, you weren't ready for that business. You didn't know what you were doing for that business at this moment. So because of that, you didn't have the result you wanted. So is that failing or is that simply that moment not working out? Because I believe failing is if you didn't try if you didn't attempt to make that thing work, if you didn't figure out inside of you that I want something better, bigger, more, that's going to get me out of a job, get me a better house, have a better food for my kids, better water. Maybe I can buy alkaline water one day. If that didn't exist for you to attempt the business that didn't work out, the failure would be to sit on your ass and do nothing. But the fact that you fought for something, did you learn something? Was there a freaking nugget? There should always be a nugget, always be a nugget, whatever it is, make your money. I think the lesson that we can reflect back with Andre is, and this is anybody that's going to be in our age, entrepreneurs, not, you not even have to be an entrepreneur. Like, man, if I knew X, Y, Z about money in my twenties, in my fifties, I'd be sitting on a bunch of six figures of whatever, right? Putting money to work early. And that's what I really like to teach folks out there is you've got the earlier, the earlier, I mean, put it to work at 18 or 15 even, right? Because I teach the rule, the rule of 72 compound interest and how compounding works and it works on time. And so you can't, you, you, there are ways to take advantage of compounding at the age of 50, more complicated, definitely a lot more hard work, but it can be done learning how to make, you know, double, uh, double digit interest return on your money. Um, cause you and I can make, I can make a hundred, I can make over a hundred percent on my money. I know how to do it versus, but if you do it conservatively, when you start at 18, right, you, the 10 years, 15 years later and let it go, you'd be surprised what, ha- what compounding does for 20 years. It's amazing. Absolutely. It, it's crazy. And so I think what we just talked to the folks about not giving up, don't worry about the little micro failures that you're going to have and don't beat yourself up. But again, with what you're teaching with Badassery Factory is easier said than done. Easier said than done, right? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> um, the concept of EQ is what this is all about emotional intelligence when you are able to control your emotions you'll be able to control your money Mm -hmm. and this is just freaking law and because why when do we buy things do we buy things with our emotions or do we buy things with our because we're being rational about it It's, it's always emotions it's always emotion so since we know that about the human dynamic what are you buying what are you wasting on how are you investing like i'm watching right now so many you know you're on facebook you see all the the crypto guys oh "Oh my god the market crashed what am i gonna do and i'm like that's the problem you bought on emotion you bought on this bullshit dream that you're gonna be a millionaire tomorrow by sitting on your ass you didn't do anything you just clicked a little thing and put two bucks in this crypto and all of a sudden you thought you're gonna be a millionaire so you started dreaming without the growth you thought you're going to get there without the growth. Now the the market crashes and it's like, oh my God, my life is over. That emotion right there is the problem. So when you're investing emotionally and then spending emotionally, you get in trouble. So back to Badass Refactory, the core of what we teach is uh, emotional intelligence, how to be confident, secure, and comfortable in your own skin without being triggered by the market moves and the concept of what money can do or not do. You're doing it from a business perspective as to what those options are going to be one day. So, yeah, so we, we like to, uh, 
clean, clean the insides, the emotional insides of people, because none of us were taught this stuff. You know, my parents didn't know this stuff. Yours didn't. No. Nope. You look at society and school. It's like everybody's freaking, you know, running as fast as they can, trying to make their stuff happen. And it's uh, there's a lot of emotions and fears and drama and crap. Well, let's give the folks out there your website address. They can go and visit you on there. They can contact you. Um, go out there. Your product's amazing. And again, if you're out there and you're having those and you're you're in that mindset headspace that you believe that Badassery Factory can help you, reach out to Andre. I've known this guy, like I said, it's been over 10, I can't believe it's been ten a little over 10 years. Um, but he's an, an amazing gentleman. So um, I want to thank you for coming out again. I think we gave some really good food for thought for a lot of these folks out there, uh, especially you entrepreneurs. Um, so, guys, remember, thanks uh, for coming out and sharing your story. I, I, I believe that as long as we all keep listening to these different kinds of podcasts, we're going to keep learning. You're going to get better. So remember, guys, I uh, release a podcast every Wednesday, 7 a.m. Andre's podcast will be out in a few weeks. Remember, if you're on YouTube, please uh, hit that subscribe button, smash the like button. Uh, YouTube algorithm loves when you do that for me. Um, other than that, Andre, it was good talking with you. And the rest of you guys, I'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, really enjoyed making all these episodes for you. Remember, we're just having uh, conversations with people's journey with money and the things they did right with it, the things they did wrong with it, and uh, how, how did they really come about getting their mindset with money. So uh, every episode is different. We all have a good takeaway from them. So do me a favor, hit the like button, smash the like button, and subscribe to my channel because every episode that I do is going to be different as all our journeys are different. So you guys take care, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.